This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Never Meet Your Idols, a podcast where your idols get real, whether you like like it it or or not. not. All right. Doot, doot, doot. Episode 10. Can't believe we've made 10. Season finale. That sounds so pro. I know. So pro. We're so pro. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, when I say season finale, I just think of like TV TV shows. shows. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking. Dawson's Creek. For some reason, I just thought of (laughs) Dawson's Creek. This is the season finale of Dawson's Creek. I I never watched that. I watched it. Actually, no, Dawson's Creek wasn't the one I watched. The one I was into was Felicity. I never even heard of it. Okay, well, it was, um, it's that, remember that guy I told you I've had a crush on <laughs> since the sixth grade, that like D actor, Scott Speedman? Yes. He's from Felicity. Oh. He was like one of the boyfriends on Felicity. That's why I have no idea who he is. Every time we talked about him, I was like, I have no idea. And yeah, and I've talked about him a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, that's true. Since I've known you, you've talked about him a lot. (laughs) Um, Anyway, well, this episode, we are our own guests. We decided to end the season how we started the season with just us. And we've gotten a lot of questions over the course of the season from listeners um, that we weren't answering during episodes because we were focusing more on the guests but we've decided to indulge you guys today and answer a few of them, maybe. I don't know. Looking them over now, I'm not so sure if we if this was a good decision. But I was thinking what we could do is I can ask the ones for Laura to you, and you can ask the ones that were submitted for, for me. you. For me, yeah. And Laura, you can do your bro accent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can... You can just ask the question using the voice you think the person who submitted the question has. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of these people are from, like, Europe, and I'm not sure how great my German impression is or my French impression. Yeah, I was hoping, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I was hoping there'd be some American bros, but I don't, my fans aren't American bros. They're from your side of the world anyway so we don't get to hear your american bro accent 
but I thought uh, it'd be great if you could just do the whole podcast asking me questions <laughs> your American bro accent. Here's your idol, What are you doing for the holidays, Laura? Um, I'm, I haven't been in the UK for uh, Christmas for many years. So it's kind of weird being back for Christmas. Um, but yeah, it'll just be my family, my mum. Kind of quiet, I think, because we're not allowed to have so many people in the same. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. There's no um, Christmas caroling around the piano this year no, no. thank god <laughs> <laughs> I know. but we celebrate the next day as well you don't have boxing day do you no i think we do christmas eve and christmas i mean it's hanukkah yeah. already hanukkah started yesterday i believe oh really yeah um but there's something i don't know do you guys do this over there I assume it's just a white person thing, but I don't know. Um, this thing that white people do where they eat dinner at two o'clock on Christmas. Do you guys do that? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, is yeah. that? I don't know, but that's like a Sunday thing. I feel like here we do that it's like every Sunday. People. Every like, Sunday you eat dinner well, at two o'clock? Uh, no, not everyone, but that is quite common here. Wait, when we were on tour last year, didn't we do something like that for a Sunday roast? Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did. We went to, in Leeds, yeah, we went and had a yeah. roast at like two or three. Yeah, that's normal in the UK. Um, so Christmas is the same deal. You wake up, you drink Buck's Fizz, you, the dinner gets on and you have it at like one or two. Yeah, I don't understand. I've never understood that. Do you not do that? So what, what's your Christmas going to be like? I mean, I don't, Christmas isn't a thing for me, but um, I like to eat dinner at dinner time, which is usually <laughs> like later. I mean, I guess when it's Christmas, there's nothing else to do all day. So, and it's a pandemic. So eating all day, all day, eating all day. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's just weird. I always thought it was weird growing up when people were like oh christmas dinner at you know 2 p.m yeah yeah but i um, mean i don't know what the history is behind that uh but yeah this is i guess our season finale slash holiday episode and i mean what what better way to get into the holiday spirit than listen to an atheist rant and rave <laughs> <laughs> Are you feeling festive yet? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I like presents, but about <laughs> I like it. Presents. Yeah. I don't like giving them, but I like <laughs> Yeah, <Sorry. right. laughs> I mean, usually I like make everybody presents, but I'm mm. so over doing anything that yeah. I'm, I'm glad that everyone's quarantined so I don't have to feel the pressure of giving anyone anything. I have so many niece i have like one niece and five nephews four nephews sorry oh so, yeah dang you know and normally i'm away so this year i'm like oh You're like crap i have to get them stuff. yeah <laughs> no, yeah that's, that's another reason not to have kids it's like if you have kids <laughs> you have to give them shit <laughs> it's, like, damn. it's all about um, them yeah 
well, um, let's get to some of these questions because there are a lot and, oh God, there are a lot. Well, I'll start it off. Laura, an impossible winner, that's their Instagram name, asked, okay. hi, Laura, Mary, I'm your stalker here, LOL, <laughs> JK, wink, wink. What inspires your photography? My photography. And you should mention your Instagram handle photography account that you just launched because it's awesome. Oh, thanks. Um, yes, it's called The Thrill of Losing. So yeah, at The Thrill of Losing on Instagram. I think that's it. Um, and the reason I call it that is because I'm gonna do a series of photos that are to do with that. But for the now, I've put up photos that I've taken over the years, just like on, mostly on film camera um just from traveling and stuff and what inspires me i don't know really i think that i like anything atmospheric anything that i see that has like some kind of atmosphere and that's what i enjoy and that's i feel like if you look at it it has some kind of atmosphere yeah um and and yeah that's the only thing that that's the thing that inspires me it's just like a feeling really or something that i like see a vibe. That, yeah like a vibe isn't like one particular thing but i do like um i do like sort of weird things so anything that i just think oh there's like a china dog in a doorway i'm gonna take a picture of that <laughs> yeah no i think the composition of your photos are really interesting and i like how um there's always like good colors or signage or something i i have a hard time identifying pictures that are quote unquote good when they're of people but um yeah I know what you mean. You know, when they're just like portraits, it's just like, yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to be impressed or not. If it's just a portrait, it's just whatever. But your pictures, I think, are really cool because there's something else to them. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I like taking pictures of people. I really like it. Um, and I have, I'm going to put more of people, but I always like there to be some atmosphere. Yeah, that's all I can really say about it. If it's just like a person standing against a wall, not interested in that, has to have yeah. some kind of. Something or just a person like it. looking pretty. It's just kind yeah, of yeah. No, yeah, I'm not into that. Um, just something about it, or like a feel, stuff feeling. Okay, I'm gonna ask you one. Karay, what's your favorite donut? <laughs> just the powdered sugar ones are good. Just like the. Do you like the ringed glaze donut? That's my favorite. Yeah, just the simple one, right? The simple one. The, the glazed like, one or yeah. I like the powdered sugar donut hole. Yeah, yeah, the donut hole. The, basically the policeman donut. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Bad lieutenant. <laughs> Donuts. Elle asks, um, which woman, oh my God, I should have read this before, I, before <laughs> recording. Which woman you'll do who is your biggest inspiration besides Elvis? Is there a female inspiration you have? And also, what is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, okay. A lot of questions in that question. Yes. Um, I have definitely a few uh, female um, artists that inspire me. Um, I think Courtney Love is one of them, just from growing up. Um, Kat Beale is from Bates in Toyland. I love her guitar playing. And PJ Harvey, yes. all round, uh, amazing musician. Um, but there's lots of women. I'm inspired by women all the time. I've always loved um, 
I think that you know in the beginning of making music that's what seeing other women do it is a, is a reason why I thought I could do that too and there's so many inspirations I have but yeah I think that Courtney Love was someone that you know really shaped who I am I think I know that sounds extreme but um I just couldn't believe that someone could sound like that and just I just love I just the whole vibe even when I, I was listening to a whole record the other day in the car and I was like just always brings me back to a time and place you know you have those records that just bring you back and that's the same with Hole I still love it as much as I did back then. I know that recently last week or the last couple of days um I think it was Miley Cyrus covered Doll Parts and Courtney Love said something about how she wrote that song in 20 minutes um the way she wrote the yeah lyrics I saw that too while, yeah while in the like in a bathroom um on her arm in Sharpie yeah and I think that I mean, that's pretty much how I write too. And I really love hearing stories like that behind such like amazing legendary songs and records because it just proves that true music and art and creativity um, can just come like that spur of the moment. It it can like choose you almost. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes a song chooses you. Yeah. And I, we talked about it last episode with Dave. When it comes from somewhere so honest, it doesn't require a bunch of overthinking and editing. No, it doesn't. It's honest and you know it's real. And it's like, yeah, to, I saw that too. And I thought that is awesome because I didn't know that story. And the, re- the reason behind it is like Kurt Cobain was seeing other people and she was like, mm-hmm. stop seeing those people You'd be dumb not to choose me, yeah. Yeah, you'd be dumb not to choose me. Mm -hmm. And then she just wrote all those lyrics and everyone was banging on the bathroom or whatever. And it's like sometimes those things just come to you and you just have to go with it and believe in it. And it is sincere. And that is what great music is. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And um, what was the other question? What's my favourite movie of all time? Um, Well, I have three. True romance. True romance, yes. Mm-hmm. You know me well. <laughs> um, I love that film because it's people in love, but they fuck loads of shit up and it's crime, but they get away with it. I love when people get away with stuff. <laughs> 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 and um and then Wizard of Oz, I just love growing up so much and I just love um everything about it. I've never um, seen Wizard of Oz. What? No, never. I don't it's know amazing. Why. I always thought it was amazing, like, all the kind of ideas behind Wizard of Oz. There's so many hidden meanings about Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, I remember, I know all of the theories and the history, and I yeah. recognize, I know references, you know, of Wizard of Oz, but I've never actually seen it. I always find it funny that my band ended, ended up being called Blubber Shoes because obviously the ruby red slippers Mm -hmm. is like the main thing um and yeah i just think i love it the most and then the other film is um paris texas which i think is inspires a lot of photos i take as well i love that Um, movie yeah i think that has such a it just looks amazing it's such a slow long movie but just got a vibe as well yeah they're my three three favorite okay so mike jones Question for you, Corey. Um, are you going to release any of the music you worked on with Trent Reznor, Dave Navarro, and Billy Corgan? 
I asked this a few times and no response. He's waiting. He has asked this a few times, including on the podcast I was just on, Rare Form with Dan Cleary, and I did answer it. So um, not my fault. He didn't listen to the hour and a half podcast <laughs> to find the answer. Um, he fell asleep. Probably. Yeah, I don't really blame him. Um, no, period. No, no. Why? I mean, I think it's like, first of all, Trent, Dave, Billy, all that, you know, they're all really good at what they do, but what I do was never what they did. And um, the period of time I was working on stuff with them, or actually more like they were kind of adding to my music, it just kind of took my vision hostage and made it like theirs. Um, and I think yeah. it's kind of, I was also really young, at least with Trent, I was so young, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And it's really hard to be an 18 year old girl with Trent Reznor in a studio and he's telling me, oh, you should do it this way. And his ideas are great and he's great at what he does, but that's not what yeah. I do or have wanted to do. So I had to take all of his, his advice with a grain of salt and anything you know, that any of those guys are part of, especially Trent and Billy, like they, anything they touch sounds like them, something of theirs, you know? Yeah. So, um, no, no, no. I mean, good on you for just like knowing what you are. And, you know, so many people have been trapped in that situation where you're, you know, writing with someone and then you feel like you have to do it that way. I think that that's the the hardest thing though is is I know I'm stubborn too, and I know that um, I haven't been as open minded to other people's ideas as I should have in the past, and maybe I shot myself in the foot by not going in those directions. However, I could safely say when it comes to Trent Reznor and Billy Corgan and Dave Navarro that the stuff that I was doing with them did not represent what I really truly wanted to yeah, do or the direction vision. I was going. Yeah. Mm. Um, so cool. that's that. Also side note, but even the stuff that I do write, which I mean, I know, you know, this too, but like everything that I've ever written on all of my records, all of my songs, me writing every note, me playing every note, dudes in my band and the line whatever lineup I happen to have at the time touring always Take got credit. credit yeah yeah so well, they they get credit without even yeah it they always yeah. it's like album review after album review being like you know the new queen kong record is so amazing blah blah blah's guitar playing and guitar yeah, yeah. parts he did such a great job and I'm like whoa he's not even on the record that was me you know so yeah I think I also wanted to make sure I didn't yeah, get get these it. really famous totally. guys be part of my music because no matter what, they would get all the credit anyway. And it's just and like, that's the thing that guys never have to think about. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that women in music have to think about, especially in yeah. rock music too. I feel. I mean, I don't know how it is in pop music and stuff, but I feel like in rock music, it's like, yeah, it's always like people Assumed. look up to me and be like, "Who plays the guitar in your recording?" It's like, um, yeah. me. Yeah. Um, who writes it me it's like yeah 
yeah so, it's so like, frustrating the whole career and it's it's frustrating and it's like you do have some and like so many times people are like you have something to prove and it's like yeah I fucking do I have something to prove because that's where we're at like yeah you always have to be like 10 times better or and it's like it is frustrating and annoying to kind of do something and then you know people just say on a flippant like thing like your reviews or whatever it's just like you've put all that work into your record it's frustrating and it gets boring and it gets old yeah and so but i i i stay away from certain things too because of mm-hmm. that reason um because i think well that's just gonna look like that person's done it all and it's like it's not the case it's just how it goes I mean, we already have to fight. We already have, it's like an uphill battle. We're already fighting even when, you know, there isn't some big famous dude involved. Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. I I think, you know, hopefully that will get better, but that's been like our career, isn't it? From because we've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, there's also a... There's something relevant, actually. Oh, what was the first instrument instrument you learned to play, and what is your favorite instrument it's for both of us? Hmm. I like to play the piano first. Me um, too. Is it? Is the only thing I ever had a lesson in? Me too. Piano. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did that for a while, and then I liked it, but I felt like I wanted to play more of the songs that I was listening to. And it was like all kind of, you know, punk rock or whatever. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try playing guitar. But I just taught myself that and I just borrowed guitars until we got signed and I made some money and bought my first guitar. But um, but yeah, that was my first instrument. So yours was the same. Yeah, piano is the only instrument. I mean, I started playing piano as five I think and that was the only wow. instrument I ever had a lesson in you know because mm. I'm Asian and that's what Asian <laughs> do uh, it's like piano or violin yeah um, but that died off really fast and I um still can play some classical piano but I can't read music and no. I never write on piano I, I think my main instrument's guitar, but I write on bass usually. Oh yeah, you write on bass. See, I write loads on piano, weirdly. Um, if I'm around a piano, I've written loads of songs on there. Wow, um, cool. Yeah. And That's I never great thought, though. That's probably why your melodies are so strong too. But I never thought that, that I would ever do that. And it's funny, I didn't even think that I'd do that, but it's just like sometimes it just comes out just like a little piano thing. I'm not proficient in piano. I'm not very good at it, but... I always used to write songs on it. Yeah. Um, even back then when I was learning and that was my problem. It's like, I never wanted to read music. I just wanted to write stuff. Yeah. Just wanted to do um, your own thing. Yeah. And I remember you saying that you write on bass and that makes sense because a lot of your songs are quite sort of. It's really bass driven. Yeah. Bass driven. Um, that's that's cool. actually a piece of advice that Trent Reznor always gave me was to write on piano and not guitar. Um, and I, I think it really helps with melodies. The thing with mm-hmm. me in piano is I can't really play any kind of piano except for classical piano. Like I just can't see outside that mm-hmm. box. Um, but bass I think helps with that where you can still 
I think writing on bass helped me come up with better melodies than on guitar. You can't like with guitar. You gaps. Like, yeah. With guitar, you mm. could just like sing to the guitar with bass. There's like, you, you have to, yeah, there's more space to fill. Mm. That's definitely helped me a lot was writing on bass. Yeah. Um, mm. Even though I'm not a great bass player at all, but it does. I always like your bass lines though in your songs. It's really cool. Ah, oh, thank you. Boobs or butts? <laughs> Boobs or butts? Um, butts. Butts. What about you, Laura? Butts. Yeah. Okay, this is one for both of us. There's two for, wow, there's a lot, actually. Willis May, you really went off. Um, what are your guilty pleasures? What's mm. something the public would find surprising about you? Oh, God. I don't know if it's just because I'm like so fucking shameless at this point, but I don't <laughs> feel guilty for anything I like, even the stuff that is no. supposedly stuff I should feel guilty for. Like, I listened to a killer's song today, so. Oof. That's I where I draw it. the line. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was like, I like this killer's song. Put it on. Wow, really? Yeah. I can't stand the killers. I don't understand it at all. I, 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 there's some songs I like. I'm just going to put it out there. I feel like people don't want to say stuff they actually like because they're afraid of it being not cool or whatever. Mm. Um, and I don't think of the killers that way. I mean, I don't think they're cool, but I don't really, <laughs> you know, but I just don't get it. I think they're just really annoying. Yeah, I think they're, they are really annoying, but there's just so, certain songs, for some reason, they just get me right in the heart. So that's how I feel about Third Eye Blind. <laughs> what was Third Eye Blind's big hit again? Oh, God, that, like, weird white guy kind of talk singing that's like, oh, man. <laughs> the... I want something else to get me through this. Semi charm kind of like, baby, baby. Yeah, so fucking annoying. But that record, I, I mean, I haven't listened to it since the sixth grade, but I, in the sixth grade, it was just genius. And I stand by that, even though I haven't listened to it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stand by it. Now, I think that, I mean, I got, I guess I'm just really used to getting shit for like, the stuff I like because I very openly have always loved hip hop and rap and people have always kind of given me shit for that. I love, I listen to that music way more than rock. So I guess that would probably surprise people. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it would. Um, I feel like there's a few surprising things about you. I'm trying to think. Surprising things about me? Yeah, I feel like there is, but I... I mean, it's funny. People, I guess it's hard for me to know because I'm me, so I don't find anything surprising. But judging off of other people's reactions, I feel like people have a really hard time rapping. Their, it's like if people know me as a musician and Queen Kwong, yeah. they're shocked that I am a total, like, homebody who... Yeah spends most of the time doing crossword puzzles and who you know loves school and if I could afford it I'd go to school forever you know and then the people who know me as that 
are always really weirded out when they see me play a show or find out that god forbid i was an exotic dancer it's just like too much yeah yeah i'm well-rounded <laughs> <laughs> you've lived you've lived um but what's surprising about you i feel like oh i'm just one-dimensional no <laughs> my god not at all I mean, I wasn't surprised by how shy you are, but I think that other people would find it surprising if they only see you as a performer. I think that um, people would be surprised at how many weird jobs I've had. I worked for the Ministry of Defense. That's cool. Um, um, I think people, I don't know, like... Do you have guilty pleasures where you... I mean, I know we both love true crime that's not such a oh yeah i was gonna get onto that because we're gonna talk about our heroes and like meeting our idols and i was thinking who what idol have they met and the only thing that came in came into my mind was i didn't meet him but my favorite crime podcast well he's called Payne Lindsay, and he's kind of like my podcast the crime podcast hero and uh I was thinking in my head, I thought we had this like fill on conversation on Instagram. That's what I was telling myself. But it, he had like messaged me, he'd followed me on there and it was this whole thing. And I went back to look at it recently and it's literally, it's literally me going how much I love his podcast. And he's like, thanks dot. His answers are like one word. And in my mind, it was like, we had this great conversation. Oh <laughs> you have a relationship. Like, yeah. But I was like, that was the most excited I've been about someone like kind of literally it's nothing. He messaged That's me back cool though. on I... Instagram. One worded answers, but that was like, I got really fangirl about it. I was really excited. Yeah. I love true crime stuff too. That's like the only podcast I listen to. Yeah. Same. It's funny how we've ended up doing this. I know. Maybe we need to go into crime. I've thought about it. Same. <laughs> Uh, every day yeah. <laughs> it is i like fall asleep listening to true crime podcasts yes i did last night <laughs> yeah i like true crime a lot i really like just crime and cop shows too yeah i've seen all the law and yeah. orders ever yeah. i think that's maybe something people wouldn't know about us is that we're crime actual crime junkies ourselves yeah. yeah yeah totally um i you know i used to have a real hard on for dr phil <laughs> <laughs> no i did i um i did Did you want to go on there <laughs> no i wanted him to be my dad for a long time but i also just like <laughs> i watched it every day at three o'clock <laughs> i liked ricky lake Ooh, i forgot about ricky lake she had an afternoon show too huh? yeah but hers was like trashier she wasn't like dr no. phil he's helping people yeah yeah he's really helping people <laughs> He helped me. <laughs> yeah. I did have this weird thing where I was like, I wonder if I could write into the show and that he'll just like be so fond of me. He'll want to adopt me. I did definitely like entertain that fantasy for a while. The headline could have been like, Dr. Phil, will you be my dad? Oh, yes, daddy. Question for Craig. For the final podcast of the year, I've always loved the Queen Kwan cat gun logo. And I'm wondering what inspired you when you created it and does it have a hidden meaning? Thanks. Um, I love cats and I'm pretty good at shooting guns. There you go. Oh, are you good at it? Yeah, I'm, I'm strangely good at shooting guns and 
I got really into like Dirty Harry when I was younger and went through this phase of just wanting, just shooting revolvers. Um, and I think when I came up with that logo, that was just like my two favorite things at the moment. I mean, cats are always my favorite thing. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. In the opinion of each of you, what's the best drink to enjoy while listening to the Never Meet Your Idols podcast? What's the best drink to enjoy while listening to Never Meet Your Idols? Wine. Wine. I mean, anything Laura's really. proven, it's wine. Wine. Yes. I know. I was. I went through a long period of not on being on the wine, but I'm back. The beginning of the podcast, I was like, I need to stop. So I did. But now it's kind of gone that long. Um, but it's good again. to know that you can stop. It's true. Yeah, I can. Fine. <laughs> I but can. Yeah. Why stop <laughs> when you can wine? <laughs> but you, you get drunk on like a sip of wine, so. I mean... I can have half a glass, but it's a good thing that you're the one drinking during the podcast because if it was me, I'd be even more offensive. <laughs> Sable asked us, which band smells the best to you? Who smells the best in rock and roll? Everyone, Everyone stinks. stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anyone I thought, wow, you smell good. Not really. I don't want to get too close to those people. I never want to get close to people in bands, but... I assume that they all smell. How did we meet? Well, it's an interesting question because thinking back on it, we, we started communicating way before we met in person. We were texting, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we started texting a lot, like a ton. Yeah. Oh, I remember Queen Kwong did a show at the Rough Trade in London. And I think you came, Yeah. but I didn't meet you, but I knew no. you came. And my manager at the time, gave me your number maybe yeah yeah and I think I just whatsapped you to thank you for coming but I didn't meet you yet yeah and we just started talking about our life we were both going through a bit of a heartbreak yeah 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 that's what happened I texted you and I thanked you for coming and you said something like oh I really wanted to hang around but I'm in bad shape I'm going through a breakup and I was like I'm going through a divorce and it was boop 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 yeah, and that's how we connected. Sense. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what happened. And then, um, and then I was going back to LA, and then we met. Then, and then, yeah, it seems like a long time ago now. Yeah, it's funny though because we met only we met months later, months after we had been talking every day via text, and then we met just once. I think we saw each other at the Nick Cave show. Yeah. But it was true. really awkward because we had been texting so much, but it never really met. Yeah. Person. It was kind of like a blind date or something. And it was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really. We're like, hi, nice to meet you. Bye. And then, and then when you actually moved to LA, we started hanging out a lot and then went on tour together. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, good question. And I think off of that, someone else asked, what's your favorite memory of being on tour together? Honestly, my favorite memory of being on tour with you is that day off in Paris, that night. Oh, off that was Paris. that's my favorite too. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. We we went and had a huge dinner. <laughs> huge yeah, dinner, lots of wine, <laughs> just the two of us, and it was just a much needed break and fun time. 
yeah that was really nice it's such a nice like night and it was like it wasn't very busy that night in Paris it was just like perfect it was, it was very romantic yeah, yeah I know such good food and it was just kind of like a romantic date night we just treated ourselves to a bottle of wine and really good food in Paris yeah. so yeah yeah that was great if only good- actual dates with dudes could be that good I know <laughs> <laughs> who was your favorite guest from this season I feel like maybe we shouldn't answer this question. No, I don't think we should. Who was it though? My favorite guest is... My favorite guest would... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely bleeping it out. Don't want to give that guy any ego boost. (laughs) (laughs) What hobbies do you have when you're not making music? I've gotten really into embroidering. Oh yeah, you're good at that. During the this I, I started doing it at the start of lockdown or I guess before right before that and I just got really into it and for a while I couldn't not embroider like I had to embroider everything really around me it's like oh a tote bag I'll embroider it oh underwear I'll embroider it oh a jacket like basically I couldn't touch anything without embroidering something on it I remember seeing you doing little dainty embroidering Yes, yeah, and not, I was like, God, that's so time consuming. Well, yeah, it's actually the only thing that kind of makes me zone out. I used to do a lot of resin crafting and mm. making oh, lots yeah. of resins. Um, that was cool. I, you know, I was making these kind of miniature diorama scenes and setting them in resin, mostly themed around space men um, and using found objects like bones and. Um, I got really into that for a while too. So I get very crafty and very obsessive over things like that. You, you made your guitar knobs as well. Oh yeah. I went through that phase where I was making a bunch of guitar knobs and resin. Um, yeah. I guess I'm a pretty crafty person. So yeah. when I'm when I have the time to be a hobbyist, <laughs> I usually dabble <laughs> in arts and crafts. Your sister asked, who's your favorite sister? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> it was S.J. Carter. Okay, well, I guess. Her, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, Sarah. I know. I love them both equally. Really? Yeah. That's nice. Um, okay, another question. What's the best crowds, in your opinion, here in the States or overseas? What's your favorite place to play here in the States? Who asked that? Billy. Billy 19861981. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Billies out there. Um, definitely overseas, 100%. Um, I don't even bother playing in the States ever. I think crowds are a lot better overseas, especially for the kind of music I play. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I actually really like playing in the States. Where? Where's your favorite place? Uh, always had a good time playing in San Francisco, weirdly. Um, but I also liked playing in Denver, where you're from. Denver's good. Yeah, Denver's yeah. a lot of fun, actually. Um, yeah. I hardly ever play there because on tour in the States, it's usually like West Coast or East Coast, or yeah. you know, um, because mm-hmm. it's so spread out. So going to the middle of the country is kind of pointless in a lot of, in, um, a lot of situations. But Denver... Mm-hmm. I do have to say Denver's a fun place and people really 
like music yeah i don't know i like playing the states i guess it's just like you know different um just seeing different stuff you know i've played in europe for so many years that like i love it but i've done it so many times it's like so familiar and it's the other way probably the same for you yeah that's the thing i think when tours are outside of your home country it's a lot more interesting and exciting but i also like touring the uk and europe better because shorter distances like touring the US yeah is just yeah the nightmare it is a complete slog yeah like tw- 12 hour drives between shows versus yeah two hour drives you know it's just crazy yeah it's so true pulp noir asked if you could trade gear with any musician who would it be trade gear yeah oh my god no one wants to trade gear with me. First of all, I've like pawned all my gear right now <laughs> just to fucking pay rent this year. <laughs> Who wants to trade? Um, I mean, you know, no. Can we just not even? Just reading that question, just. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like I used to pray for someone to ask me something about my gear. Isn't that funny? Always- and yeah, then you just get like burnt out so fast talking. Yeah. <laughs> you do one interview talking about gear and you're like, I never <laughs> want to talk about gear again. I mean, I guess, you know, I'd love to, it'd be cool to have Warren Ellis's gear um, from Nick Cave, you know? Yeah, that would be cool. Because I'm sure it's really interesting and a bunch of stuff I can't afford. I mean, I think he uses Strymon pedals a lot too, which I, mm, I love. I, I also just really like doing things simply. So too much gear kind of just drives me crazy. Sometimes limitations is the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially because I don't have any gear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we tell ourselves. Yeah, like it's great not having gear. Yeah. I'm such a much better artist. I mean, I have lots of gear, but my bandmate uses it all. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff in storage and stuff stored across the country that I'm not using, but you learn, I think, after being away from gear or those tours where all your gear kind of fails and you're just stuck with the two guitar pedals, the two shitty boss pedals. Yeah. And then you like, that you pull it off, that you pull the tour off with the two shitty boss pedals and the one like borrowed amp. And you're just like, oh, maybe I don't need any of the shit I thought I've been needing this whole time. <laughs> what is it about boss pedals? They're just indestructible. Yeah, they're like, they're like the generic <laughs> kind of nothing special, but at least they, you know, don't fail. I kind of love them slash hate them. Yeah, no, I, it's the thing that at least they're reliable, you know? <laughs> um, Zero tone, but mm-hmm. no, they are reliable. This is quickly turning into an ad for Boss Pedals. Boss Pedals, the basic bitches of the <laughs> Why did you marry who you married? Nobody knows the answer to it. Was there anything redeeming about that wanker? Oh, this guy's from your parts. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could spit in his face. I actually like this question the more I read it. Yeah. You're out of his league and I hope you know it. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you, Dana. Um, That's the... It's one of what's a backhanded compliment? Like you're really out of his league. Why would you marry that person? Why would he let him in your band? It's like it's also judging me, which you know. To be fair, I look back on it and I, it's not like it's not my proudest moment. 
However, I would like to say that... Well, we, we could all say that about many people. Of course, I, of course there, was, there were redeeming things. I take marriage very seriously, which I guess is maybe another thing people would find surprising. Um, <laughs> but I did, what I'm trying to say is I obviously I thought, I believed there were redeeming qualities to the guy or else I wouldn't have married him. You know, I, 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 yeah. And, you know, it, so of course, and I understand people judging me for marrying him because it's hard not to judge him considering the band he's in. Um, but I think it shows how non-judgmental I am because I married a guy in the worst band on the planet. Yeah. Strangely, we actually bonded at first over jazz and classical music. Um, point is, I believed at the time there were redeeming qualities because people are really good at faking stuff, you know? Don't we know? Don't we know? And I learned that the hard way. So there you go. Um, but thank you for asking a really uh, personal, invasive question that was none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> what was your best slash worst rock star encounter? Okay. Um. Hmm. Hmm. I don't want to talk about the worst rock star encounters. Actually, the best and worst are kind of hand in hand a lot of the time. But um, I think I've told this story, I guess, in interviews before. But I do find it was really funny that um, when I first opened for Nine Inch Nails, like things were being thrown at me. It was just me and a guitar by myself. And things were being thrown at me and yelled at me and it was really horrible. But I remember being kind of in shock and looking on, looking to the side of the stage, off stage, and um, while water bottles were being hurled at my face. And Trent was just standing side stage, like with his thumbs up like this, like, <laughs> get it champ. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know? <laughs> so that was a kind of funny memory I'll always have is just like Trent Reznor side stage being like, you got this, go girl, you know, like, oh my and, God. and water bottles literally being thrown at my face. How about you? I just stayed on stage and finished the set with stuff being thrown at my face. Cause I was like, okay, well he thinks it's going well. <laughs> like, that's so weird. It was weird. But what about yours? Um, uh, that just reminded me of like, well, there's nothing funny like that, but I just remember like playing, um, I think it was like Reading or something, main stage. And like, I was super excited because Green Day were doing like a secret show like earlier on. So we'd like run to see like Green Day. And it was like my childhood sort of memories of watching Green Day back when I go to Reading when I was a kid. And then anyway, we went and watched that and then we were playing the main stage. We got back and we were playing and I was just like, we'd done it before and this is the second time. And I was like, I was always quite nervous to do that, but I was less nervous at this one. 
and everything was cool. And I turned around and I was like, oh my God, all of Green Day are just staring at me. They were just like on the balcony kind of thing. And I was yeah, like, yeah. and I was just like, oh my God, that's Billy Joe. And I just didn't ever expect that they would be watching that. And it was just, I mean, that's not even a funny story, but. It well, it's one of those things though, as a musician, that kind of full circle thing where you're playing yeah. your music yeah. and all of a sudden people you looked up to are there. Yeah. I mean, I remember always like like liking that band No Effects when I was younger. Like I kinda didn't like them, but I like they they was like everyone I knew loved No Effects. And then for a while there, I f- the joke in our band was that Fat Mike was either I was stalking Fat Mike or he was stalking me. It was just like everywhere I went was Fat Mike. Oh, you just kept like, running into him or something? Yeah, just everywhere I went. I was like, what the fuck? And that guy is so weird. And that band is so bad. I remember one time <laughs> I, I heard this guitar and I was like, that doesn't even sound like a guitar. How can you make a guitar sound that bad? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard anything like it in my life. It was so horrendous. And I was like, I need to find what this is because is that a guitar? What is it? And it was bloody no effect. So bad, yeah. I mean, I've got a kind of a cool story. We played with, we did a little, some shows with Rage Against the Machine. And um, I was kind of so, I'm kind of shy at the best of times, but I was shy to talk to them. And my dad came out to our Paris show and he was just like, all of a sudden I came out of the dressing room and they were backstage and I could just see my dad playing ping pong with Tom Morello. (laughs) (laughs) That's so nice. Yeah, and everyone was like too scared to talk to them, and I was like, my dad didn't even know who he was. He was just like, oh, I'm he's Irish, and he was like, I'm gonna go play with this fella, and um, I was like, oh my god, my dad's playing ping pong with Tomarello, and then he beat him. <laughs> so so like, <laughs> funny! Wow, that reminds me. I remember when I was at this record studio called The Village in LA, and I there was a ping pong table, and I played ping pong with Oasis. What? Yeah, but. I was never an Oasis fan and this is when I was 17 and I was like, I don't care about anything. <laughs> so I, yeah, I told it in the um, little lobby area, there was a ping pong table and I was there recording and they were there recording, I guess. And actually Liz Fair was there recording too, but she wasn't part of the ping pong game. Um, and I played <laughs> ping pong with Oasis. I'm, it wasn't both the brothers, but I'm forgetting which one it was. Anyway. Oh, I want to know which brother it was. Um, not the cute one. You were playing with Noel. Yeah, the older one. <laughs> yeah. That one. Um, yeah, so ping pong brings everyone together. Well, have a good holiday. Have a good dinner at 2 p.m., everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and we will see you in 2021. Yeah, with some new guests. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening for the last six months. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Never Meet Your Idols. Join us in 2021 for season two. To submit questions for us or our guests, email us at nevermeetyouridols at gmail.com. Or send us a message or voice memo on Instagram at Never Meet Your Idols Podcast. Until next time, I'm Karay. And I'm Laura Mary. See you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday.